Welcome to Are You There, God? It's Me podcast, where we two awesome ladies talk about the books of our youth and hilarity ensues. This show is not for kids. I'm Maura McConaughey. And I'm Erin Stowe. Hi, Erin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Maura. I just wanted to be really clear about that this time around. It really is not for kids. It's not for kids. <laughs> we swear a lot. We're talking about a kid's book this time. We talk about kids' books every time. But we swear a lot. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm out in the woods and it's lovely. Yeah, I was supposed to be out with you, but I'm recovering from my second bout with COVID. What the fuck? <laughs> womp womp. Womp womp. <laughs> Am I vaxxed? Yes. Am I boosted? Yes. Do I have the, the second booster? No. And so I had COVID. <laughs> it sucks. Womp womp. I got the new bivalence. Did you? COVID booster. I guess, yeah, last week. I, I get to get that at some point, but now that I, yeah. who knows when I'm going to get to have it now. Do you have any questions for me? Do you have something to ask me? Um, did you have dolls growing up? Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, we're reading, today we're reading The Doll's House by Rumor Goddess. Yes. I yes. Had, so the I question's related. I, what well, kind of dolls? Or what was your favorite doll or type of doll or something like that? Well, I had an awesome doll's house, first of all. It was so 1970s glorious, and <laughs> I loved it. Of course, my favorite doll was um, my Cabbage Patch Kid. Oh. Which my grandma about your Cabbage Patch Kid. got for me in Alexander's, which was a department store in the basement of the World Trade Center in New York City. Welly, welly. That's where we, but of course, my Cabbage Patch Kids doll's name was um, Gilda Sabina. <laughs> and she had <laughs> yellow yarn hair. Mm-hmm. And of course, a dimple. And Xavier, whatever his name's signature on her ass. Just like yep. all of the other As they all do. With. Of course, I also had Barbies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots of Barbies. How many Barbies would you say you had? 25. Yeah, I had like two full suitcases of Barbies. Yeah. I probably had 40. The first mm-hmm. Ken dolls that we got were like not your regular Ken dolls. They were like, <laughs> they weren't Mattel brand Ken dolls, right? But mm-hmm. the torso and upper body was connected. And I'm using my hands to kind of show mm-hmm. Aaron this. Because mm-hmm. it's a visual medium. Connected to the hips. <laughs> And legs and lower part of the body with just a rubber band. Just a oh, rubber band. Oh, yeah. I had one like that, too. Yeah. So you could just... And, of course, just, it broke and he fell apart. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so one of the first things I did was basically take like my sister's Ken doll and bend it to see uh-huh. exactly how far it would go, and it immediately snapped. So then my sister got a Malibu Ken. Malibu Ken was completely connected. And uh. I was stuck with... Wiggly, Wiggly Torso Ken. Yeah. Was really, came in really handy for when Ken fell off the townhouse because mm-hmm. you, we mm-hmm. could just like hold him by his feet and then slam his head and let go. <laughs> and he would fly. And his feet would go up <laughs> over his head 
And it was like, you know, we were dramatic. I played a very similar game. And I had like a three story Barbie dream house, one of those. Well, this is the thing my dad and his brother both had kids, and they would just buy like more elaborate things that had to be put together for each other's kids at Christmas, like as a, an escalation game. So like, Oh, this one has 400 pieces and 300 stickers. Like, haha, like, cause they knew they'd have to spend the rest of Christmas, like helping to put together these giant toys for their kids. So they gift them to each other's children. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That's, it's kind of like when, like, <laughs> like when you have a baby and somebody gets you a really like noisy toy and then that uh-huh, person has uh-huh. a baby and you're like, Oh Yeah. And you yeah. give them a really noisy toy that like won't turn off. You're like, right. Have fun with that shit. <laughs> <You> <laughs> that's extra good. batteries with it. Yeah. Like, to their toddler who can see it. Yeah. And sees that there's extra batteries. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked out well for me and my brother because we just got these like insane toys. And one of mine was this giant, giant Barbie dream house. Was it the pink one? Yeah. I wanted And it had an elevator. Yeah. And yeah, we totally just launched Barbies off the top of it in dramatic, like, Bravo-style fights. <laughs> it was very Bravo, wasn't it? It was yeah. like Dynasty. <laughs> if I knew about throwing wine in Barbies' faces, I would have done that. Oh, like. yeah. Horrible <laughs> things were always happening to Barbies. Yes, Did you totally. get Barbie Loves McDonald's? No. Oh, yeah, there was a Barbie Loves McDonald's. It was a Barbie McDonald's <laughs> playset. Oh my and god! It came with costumes, and it was like the one thing my parents would never get me, and I was so bitter. <laughs> I got the Barbie Dreamhouse with like the tub on the outside, where like you pushed a button, and then there was like a shower, and the shower oh, would like take fancy. water. From yeah. And then we also had the Barbie Townhouse, which nice. also had an elevator. Tragic things happened in that elevator oh, all the time. Oh god, yes. <laughs> Those are dangerous. It was terrible. <laughs> So those were your dolls too, or did you have another favorite doll? Yeah, no, those were my absolute favorites. And I also had like Jen and the holograms, like all of those dolls. My sister had those truly oh, outrageous. Yeah. I loved them. And my sister had rainbow bright. Did you have rainbow bright? I had rainbow bright. My best friend had like all the rainbow brights. Do you remember the song? Uh, no, but you know, there was a whole like book on tape or whatever episode on tape that we'd listened to so much that we had it like completely memorized. We have that. And I can, like, hear it in my head. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was terrible. We'd, like, act out along with it. Yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was terrible. I remember it vividly. Rainbow yeah. Bright. Fucking Rainbow uh-huh. Bright. Yeah. And Gem and the Holograms. Truly outrageous. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. Yeah. Hol- yeah. The Misfits were better. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I was little, I was like, oh. Guys, I think maybe the Misfits are better. <laughs> I always thought the Misfits were better. I'm not gonna lie. I really, I sympathized with them pretty heavily. Yeah. I, and now I see these Bratz dolls. Like, Ugh. I mean, I'm sorry. The Bratz those dolls, are truly outrageous. They are like <laughs> sending the wrong messages about everything. Have you seen the new Barbies though? I've heard that the new Barbies are like. I saw the new Legit. Barbies in Target, and they have normal bodies. Oh, that's nice. It was nice. And they still, like, look good and, like, fun to play with. And, like, but they just, they're not shaped like blow-up dolls. I mean, and do they still have the right angle elbows? 
Mm, I didn't notice that necessarily. I think they had straight arms. We had my first Barbie. The my first Barbie like had like naturally bent elbows that like looked like the way people would be, but then you'd get like Like humans. Yeah. And like also, (laughs) you know, the feet feet weren't like primed for bunions. Like, yeah, the feet weren't already on the way to like Achilles tendon problems later on, (laughs) but then you would upgrade to the Barbie and it would be like perky boobs and yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. wrong. Mm -hmm. And then my sister like cut off all their hair. Oh, I cut off all their hair all the time. I colored it, cut it off. Yeah. Yeah. My parents like brought out what was left of my Barbies after they called out the worst of them <laughs> to let my kids play with them. And were your kids like, mommy? They were just are- like, what is this? <laughs> I really wish I still had like that wobbly <laughs> wasted Ken, the wobbly yeah. wasted Ken, because seriously, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, there are Enough actually- doll talk. Let's talk about dolls. <laughs> Yeah, because today we are reading a book of Aaron's choosing, The Doll's House by Rumor Godden, which you read as a kid, right? How did you find this book? Um, I This is, I think, one of those I, you know, I just read everything. And, and I think it was just one of those that was on somebody's shelf in somebody's classroom. Yeah. And I read, I don't know, I must have read like five different books about dolls that are like alive, right? <laughs> Because in my head, there was like four other characters in this book that did not appear in this book. Oh, this was one of those. You thought yeah. You were be so I've mixed book? in oh. probably all five other books in my memory with this book. It's all very prim and proper in well, Rumor all, Godden's yes. life because it is post-war England, bitches. It is 1947. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth fucking has queen is not in this book. yet ascended to the throne. Her mother is still mother. on the throne, or perhaps yeah. her grandmother. But yeah. she is oh my in God. this book, and this could not be coming along at a more prescient time because for the past the queen just died. Yep, she just died, and I've been in COVID, and so I had been on Queen Death Watch basically <laughs> from the moment it happened. Like, I, I have been on Queen Death Watch, and I feel, listen, she was a nice old grandmotherly lady, and she did her duty by her country, but I have been obsessed with everything British ever since. Obsessed! Oh like, we're recording this on Saturday, and Harry was allowed to wear his uniform today to go and stand vigil, but then he's not going to be allowed to wear his uniform on Monday, and I don't understand why, because he's the only one who actually... Perform like yeah, served. Who like actually? <laughs> I mean, I know that Prince Has he Andrew married a black lady. They're racist. Oh, they might be racist. <laughs> but William says they're very it much was not racism a racist all family. along. I think William says they're very much not a racist family. Yeah, Aaron. I've been on the opposite end of this. I've been like, send those diamonds back to India, you fuckers. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm all mad on that side of it. <laughs> Have you watched The Crown? Yes. Oh my God, I'm so obsessed with that TV show. It's good. Yeah, it's so good. And that's why I like, okay, so post-war Britain was a very, like, you know, we have to, they were- Uptight. They were- Stiff upper lip. They all had fucking PTSD like you wouldn't believe. Because they all nearly run over by the Nazis for about 10 years straight. It was not good. They had all been living on severe austerity. And so (laughs) when this book opens- Oh, I love the way you're setting this up. Keep going. (laughs) 
two children, Emily and Charlotte Dane, live in London, and they're in possession of a number of dolls. Their mismatched oldest, dolls. Mismatched dolls, yes. Their oldest doll is a wooden doll named Toddy. She's a small, quote-unquote, Dutch doll that who was originally sold for a farthing about 100 years prior. So she was sold, like, you know what she comes from, Erin? You know what she comes from? She comes what, from what? Bridgerton times. <laughs> she does, which I'm I, just making that connection. She comes from Bridgerton times. She's seen some shit. Okay. But Toddy is kind of like the leader of the pack. And but she's got the brains. She's got the brains. Oh yeah, she does. And she also like she might have seen some stuff just coming from the Regency era through World War One and now into World War Two. But like, you know, she has not lived as traumatic a life as the doll that is being put in as her father in this like family of dolls that Emily and Charlotte have put together. Mr. Okay. <laughs> I, I meant to look it up. I meant to look up how to pronounce this last name because I think it's Plantagenet. Yeah. Um, is it not Plantagenet? Or is it Plantagenet? It's Henry the Plant- last name. I'm going to look it up right now. It seems very British to say Plantagenet. Hey Siri, what was Henry V's last name? The answer I found is House of Tudor. That's Henry VIII, Siri. Hey Siri, what was King Henry V's last name? The answer I found is England. That's <laughs> okay. Henry V's last name was not England. Hey Siri, what's the last name of King Henry in the play Henry V by William Shakespeare. Here's what I found from Wikipedia. He was known as Henry Bolingbroke, B-L-N-B-R-K, before taking the Plantagenet. throne. Plantagenet. No, that's, that's not right. Plantagenet. You, that's my phone. Plantagenet. Plantagenet. Okay, okay, so that's Aaron's phone. By the way, Henry Bolingbroke is Henry VII, not Henry V. Okay, Plantagenet. Plantagenet. Okay, listeners, if we're saying it wrong, then feel free to let us know. Too bad. We're more focused <laughs> on the House of Windsor. Yeah. Okay, the House of Windsor is the current ruling. And decolonizing the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know what I think is going to happen to the House of Windsor? Here's my prediction. Are you ready? Yeah, let's hear it. I think that Harry's tell-all book is going to come out, and mm-hmm. then the House of Windsor is going to fall. I think everybody hates king charles and i love it <laughs> you know i think i think that i think it's entirely possible that harry's tell-all book is going to come out and then king charles is not going to be able to be coronated just like his great uncle edward so Ooh. edward was supposed to be king and then he fell in love with wallace simpson and then so so then instead of passing to william It'll just all fall apart. No, it'll probably because there'll be William. enough in Williams no. about William in the story. I bet it'll. Williams pass to William seems like a real dick. I mean, I'm more. I I don't want to think that William's a dick. But he, yeah, look at him. Look at his dicky face. But if he still don't had you just hair, want to punch him? But if he still had hair, would you feel the same way? Maybe not. This is my what I'm saying. I think, and I feel bad for Kate. Do you? Although, did you see the look she gave Megan? 
the, yeah, when they she's went got a nasty face. Out. No, she gave her this look. And Meghan Markle was like, oh, shit. And, like, looked yeah. away from her. Yeah, she's got a nasty, nasty face. I don't know. I kind of... She's got active bitch face. I mean, I normally... Like, I feel like they're probably, like, so wrapped up with, like, their future that, like, they're just awful human beings. Because all they care about is protecting... Right. Their future. Yeah, yeah, I bet that's a lot of it. And you know what? Normally, I don't like to comment on these people, but let's face it. They just put themselves out there. They're like, hi, <laughs> we're royalty. You have to curtsy to us. So I guess I'm going to – and I am not a subject. I am not a subject. My ha- well, my husband is a citizen. What? Yeah, he's British. <laughs> so anyhow, let's get back to this, the book. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So as I was saying, uh, so Tati is the the wooden, the strong wooden hundred year old doll who acts as the little girl in this family that Emily and Charlotte Dane have created. Mister Plantagenet is the dad, Tati's quote unquote father, who was rescued from another house by Emily, where he had been treated very poorly. Very badly. He suffers yeah. from extreme PTSD. Doll oh my PTSD. God. He is not he okay. He is shell shocked. Terrible shell shocked. And he was once dressed as a Highlander, but had all of his clothes ripped off at some point. And also, somebody very cruelly made a mustache on his upper lip with indelible ink, which you learn <laughs> means it cannot be removed. And when he was discovered by Emily, he had a ton of dust in his eyes. And so Emily and Charlotte brought him home and basically dressed him up, up, did everything they could, and said he is now the dad in the Plantagenet family. And then Mrs. Plantagenet, also known as Bertie, (laughs) is Tati's quote unquote mother in this in this family. But right away they say hot mess. She's a hot mess. The, The first thing they say about her is that she was not quite right in the head. Yeah. There is something in her head that literally rattles. <laughs> she is made of celluloid, which is basically like what Cupid dolls used to be made of. It's like a very early kind of plastic. I did research I just, because, again, I was quarantined. I had to Google and, like, look at pictures yeah. and stuff. So almost like a China doll, but made of, like, a very early kind of plastic and highly, highly flammable. And she came atop a party cracker. Dressed in feathers like Martha Graham. (laughs) (laughs) And they call her Birdie. And they call the thing she loves most is the picture of the bird on the wall in the birdcage. Like it's a real bird. Yeah. She's like, yeah. And it seems like Emily and Charlotte also treat her like she's not quite right. Like she's just not quite right. She's made of, again, she's made of celluloid, which means that she's like highly flammable. And then there is Apple, who is a little plush doll, <laughs> Toddy's brother. I guess he's, like, very, very cute. And yes. then Darner, the toy dog. <laughs> Who's made of, you know, fluff wool around a needle. Yeah. And pipe cleaner legs. And the yeah. old, when he barks, when he senses danger, he says, prick. Prick, <laughs> prick, prick, prick. <laughs> So this this is the Plantagenet family taken care of by uh, Emily and Charlotte Dane. Emily and Charlotte inherited. They're homeless, by the way, what? They're homeless. That's 
A plot point. Well, yeah. So Emily and Charlotte actually inherited Toddy from, and I had to write this out because it was not clear to me at all. They kept on talking about great ancestors. There's too much family. (laughs) Too many greats. Just too many greats. So they were inherited from, Toddy was inherited from Emily and Charlotte's great-grandmother and great-great-aunt Laura. And I had to draw this out, but basically they inherited it from her great grandmother and her their great grandmother's sister yes yes because at first i was like wait a second is the great great aunt another one up? another level of no, aunt yeah no 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 so two and like it's a cheap doll too like it's not like a it's a doll. doll but it's it's a little doll that you would buy on a whim not like yeah. a doll you'd save up for but yeah can you imagine Three generations down. I know. It's like a little, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. And it's a hundred year old, like wooden doll. And you find yeah. out it's a pretty rare doll, but this one survived. And so, and yeah, so they inherited um, Toddy. And then these other dolls like came to be part of the family, but they do not have a dollhouse. They live in two shoe boxes and it is very drafty. Mr. Plantagenet. It's very unpleasant. It's very unpleasant. Mr. Plantagenet, especially, it like sparks all the PTSD coming up again. He gets like <laughs> He's really so upset. He's so unhappy. He is always on the verge of a nervous breakdown. He's supposed yes. to be the dad and he is always on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Birdie to me is like on drugs. <laughs> um, Toddy is the only one with her head on straight. Apple just wants to mess shit up. He doesn't yeah. say anything through a whole He's a loose book. cannon. He's just like, he's just like looking for ways to get hurt. And, he's just pure id. And yes, he is. <laughs> and Darner is a psychic dog, as you find out. Yes. I, I, we have no sense of exactly how big they are, but a significant amount of this book is devoted to describing like the clothing that is made for them. And uh-huh. all I can say is like, when I had the COVID, Aaron, <laughs> and I was Rona. reading this book, <laughs> I got headaches just from thinking about making these tiny little tiny things. little clothes. These yeah. tiny, I, my head hurt. I, I suffered for you <laughs> with the COVID when I was reading about this because Jesus, the stuff they make, they make capes and hats and socks. Yeah, they knit socks, socks right? for dolls. If it's a Ken doll, you would not. I knit, Aaron. I think you knit I too. Knit too. Yeah, it would be a cast on and a cast off, and that's it. You can't. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. No. So the Plantagenists need a house. It's 1947, though, in post-war Britain. And even... There ain't no money. Princess Elizabeth is going to have to use all of her... What was it? Coupons? Oh, shit. (laughs) What was it? Were they coupons? Aaron, I'm so tired. Um, This is not a thing I know. They had, like, war bonds or something. They They had coupons that they could use to buy things. And she had to use all of her coupons to get her dress together to get married to Prince Philip. Right. They need a house. And Toddy, this takes up a significant amount of the book. Toddy describes at (laughs) length how she used to live in a house. And the other dolls act like she's Little Orphan Annie home from visiting the Warbucks mansion. Yes, for sure. They are all so wistful (laughs) that, I mean, if... if I was making a movie of this, I would just have everybody's voices just go higher and higher and higher. Like, really? 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 Tell us again about the butler. And she describes this house at length. And I feel like 
any one of the other dolls could have a stroke at any minute from how wistful they are about this yeah. goddamn doll's house that she lived in once. That's all they want. Uh, they talk about how there was painted vine on the wall to make it look pretty and how one of the bedrooms had a pink carpet and one of the bedrooms had a blue carpet and how there was like a a bathroom with the actual running water from a tank attached to the back of the house. I mean, it sounds like a really nice dollhouse, especially for the 1940s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also like 100 years old. Yeah, so like, because it came from the 1840s. Because it yeah. that Toddy lived in this house, you know, in the 1840s with the great-grandmother and the great-great-aunt. Like, they had this dollhouse. But mm-hmm. Toddy, Toddy's house has not come. Only Toddy has come to live with um, Emily and Charlotte. And so one of the things that they mentioned is that the sitting room of this dollhouse house has a lamp with a candle that lights for shadowing, but okay, moving on. And then Tati (laughs) also mentions that there was another doll that happened to live with her in this doll's house. And that doll's name was March Payne. Yes. That's all we need to know. That's all we need to know. All we need to know. So, that's the beginning of the book. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to add from there. No. No. So, <laughs> miraculously, <laughs> the house that Tati described. Just as they're wishing for a dollhouse. Comes available. Now, okay, we're going to have to get into this. <laughs> Ooh. We'll, we'll, we'll save the wishing thing for later. But anyhow. Yeah. They really want this dollhouse. And then all of a sudden, it miraculously becomes available. Everybody is so excited and they're talking about whether or not they're going to get this house as they're discussing it. Apple, the grownups are talking about this. Like the humans are talking about this. And by the way, um, rumor garden mm-hmm. devotes like half of the pros in this book to talking about how the dolls really have no agency of their own. Let's, yes. let's talk about this. She sets the scene. She will not stop pounding the reader over the head with the fact that dolls have no agency. All they can do is hope for things to happen. But at the end of the day, can they make anything happen? No, they can't. They can't make anything happen. They cannot. But meanwhile, when there's this discussion that there might be a doll's house coming, Apple, the stuffed little brother doll, does almost succeed in immolating himself in the fire, like, as they're all just sitting there. Did you notice this? Apple, like, just tries to jump into the fire. Yeah. Um, But... So this do- this doll's house is going to be. He also coming. throws himself down the stairs all the time. He does. That's all he does is he tries to throw himself downstairs and like hurt himself. He's like, <laughs> or he tries to like stand on his head. Um, right. He generally does this when the children are not around because again, like they have yes. no agency or control, and yet this happens. Doesn't quite make sense. It's a little creepy. <laughs> but March Payne has not, like, disappeared into the ether. March Payne is also going to be coming with the doll's house, but nobody knows this yet because when this ancestor died and the doll's house became available, March Payne was sent away to the cleaners. March Payne is made, she's a larger doll, and she is made of a combination of kid leather and china. And she's also, like, 100 years old. And she is sent to the cleaners for a significant makeover that unfortunately includes a petrol bath. (laughs) So they basically (laughs) bathe her in gasoline. Like, holy God. (laughs) Yeah. And she stinks for the rest of her life. 
And yet she doesn't care yeah. because while she is there, they're taking such fine care of her. And she, this, this doll. They put her on display. Yes. And like she, we cleaned this old fancy doll. And she was never interested in being like a typical doll. She wanted to be like a Madame Alexander doll, which by the way, I also yes. had when I was a kid, we would get Madame <laughs> Alexander dolls every year for Christmas from the same grandmother. <laughs> But, like, we weren't allowed to play with them. They just were there. Like, yeah. I just would have, like, I had a desk and then, like, with, a, like, a display above it. And it was just all Madame Alexander dolls that I'd never played with. And I was like, they're just all <laughs> staring at me all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One was dressed like Scarlet It's a weird O'Hara, thing to give a kid. But if they were supposed to be valuable. They were supposed Where to, like, appreciate and value. They did not. I look it up every once in a while. They did not. Where are they now? They're still up in my house. They're still, my parents still have them. Oh my god! They're just waiting. They probably do. Your parents have... keep your bedroom like a shrine to your child. No, so they're probably in storage now. Oh, okay, <laughs> but you know what? They probably all have dust in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know get them better. Give them a petrol bath. <laughs> I know better than the original <laughs> owners of Mister Plantagenet. Oh my god! They're gonna have shell shock. <laughs> they're gonna be okay. What have I done? So Marge Payne goes to the cleaners. Marge Payne was never a nice doll, never interested in playing with anyone. And her experience with the cleaners only serves to pump up her ego. So if Apple oh, yeah. is all if Apple is all in, then Marge Payne is all ego. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, the dollhouse has arrived at the Dane residence, and Emily and, and it's Charlotte seen better days. immediately embark on an extreme home makeover. They don't have Ty Pennington. But they do have a lot of earnest work, hard work that they can do. They're almost like I the March children. I love this part of the book. <laughs> is it like, oh girl, no. you know I love chores. <laughs> is it like, it is. It's like. It's chores. And I loved it. It's like the boxcar children again. Yes. Yes. This is Hobart. When I was reading it with the COVID, I was like, I can't read this. I feel like, <laughs> I was feeling like nauseated from all this. Like. They're talking about all like ripping out the carpets and they're talking about yeah. like sanding down the banisters and like. The- oh, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Jesus. It was like, it goes on and on. Like it goes yeah. on. For- they like describe the gray water after cleaning things. <laughs> multiple times. And it took like yeah. multiple washings and how yes. they use like a nail brush. They use like sandpaper. They just really go to town. Well, because they're. British children and this is after That's the war. Right. So you get what you get and you don't get mm-hmm. upset and you just take whatever is given to you and you're like, all right, I'm going to do the best I can with it. But here we learn that the dolls can incept things. Have you noticed this? Yes. yes. And this is where we learn that perhaps the dolls are evil in this whole book. If you were going <laughs> to look at it from a certain point of view. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm following. It's actually like that episode of The Twilight Zone, you know, with the boy who sends people to the corn patch if he doesn't like them. Oh, what God, yes. I've just ruined the doll's house for you. I'm really sorry. No, it's okay. I'm loving this. <laughs> As it turns out, all you have to do if you're a doll, you don't have any wish. agency, you don't have any control, but you can wish. Hell yes, you can wish. <laughs> dolls start oh my wishing. God. And they wish so hard that they move the humans into action and so that's why emily and charlotte work so hard because they are wishing all the time they are wishing (laughs) and things start to happen for them in this dollhouse 
Yeah, no, it's amazing. It is amazing. And then they're like, wow. But meanwhile, all the furniture in this doll's house was like upholstered and it was all supposed to be red and beautiful, but it's not. not. And so they wish so hard that meanwhile, this other woman comes over, Mrs. Innisfree, who happens to live next door and is actually very well connected. Oh, yeah. I mean, she knows people. She she gets the queen. I mean, she knows a lot of people. <laughs> Mrs. Innisfree basically says, well, by the way, I'm going to have a um, I'm going to have an exhibition of dolls for the blind children's fund. And I would like to pay As you. As one does. As one does. I would like to pay you to borrow Toddy in order to put her on display at this exhibition. I think it would be wonderful. And she's like, she wants to borrow them. She wants to borrow Toddy, but then she also wants to like basically finance the renovation of the dollhouse and help them reupholster these tiny items of furniture. And the girls are like, okay, that sounds great. But then they feel a little bit guilty. Like we didn't really need to get paid for this. And it's going to take money away from the blind. Well, they were going to, they were going to keep the doll. Like she was going to buy Toddy. I thought at first. Oh, she did. Yes. And then they had like a full blown panic attack because there was furniture for sale in a store, like little oh. doll furniture. And so she offered that exact amount mm. to buy Toddy. So to put on display for this, mm-hmm. to basically donate to this uh, charity. And so they were like, okay. And then they're just like heartbroken. And because the Toddy was heartbroken. Toddy sent all Toddy, of her. So Toddy thinks she's gone forever because she heard them talking about selling her. This explains a lot. And Toddy like sends all of her wishing like rage. Toddy mm-hmm. turns her wishes into rage and she like mm-hmm. transmits it at the girls like on her way out the door. <laughs> like you betrayed me. You betrayed me. Yes. You betrayed. Yes. And so the girls feel like shit about this deal. So then they go back over and they're like, Mrs. Innisfree. They're like, never mind. No. We don't want. But can we take just, the money back? Can we just lend you the doll and you should take the money back? Mrs. Innisfree is like, well, by the way, I still might be able to, you know, I still might be able to get you, you know, wonderful furniture. Anyhow, just out of the goodness of my own heart. Yeah. They're like, right. Okay. All right. That's fine. So Toddy. So she like knows an upholsterer and she knows like a guy who can help with the wood on the old thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So all these people just help. Yes. And we're, yeah. So Toddy and Marsh Payne, while all this is happening, so first of all, Toddy goes on display at this exhibition that is being put on to raise money for the Blind Children's Trust. But little does she know that Marsh Payne (laughs) is also being put on on exhibition. And (laughs) so they end up, Toddy and Marsh Payne, who knew each other like 75 years ago, but have not seen each other in a long time, all of a sudden end up like at two ends at the same table on display uh-huh. one night. And then. <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit, they, not you. Too soon. It's been almost 100 years and too soon. The, the bitchiness comes out. It's Holy amazing. Shit, they arrive. March Payne sees Toddy. Toddy sees March Payne. March Payne says, oh, it's you. And <laughs> like, yes. Strange. I thought you would have been broken or thrown away long, long ago. No, said Toddy. What is it they used to call you? Asked March Payne. Spotty. Dotty. Surely it was Dotty. She said, my <laughs> name is Toddy. It always has been. I couldn't be expected to remember there were so many of you. It's just like so Oh, March bitchy. Payne's such a bitch. So bitchy. I can just, it's like Bravo time. I know. I love it so much. 
Real dolls of the dollhouse. Let's talk about Bravo. We have to. It's time for our <gasps> yes, culture break. Yes, culture break. It's time for our culture break. Let's talk about Below Deck, Below Down Deck, Under. Which, by the way, I think in our last episode, we were talking about Below Deck and like how I how I don't like Captain Sandy and you did. And I was like, what's wrong with you? Yes, yeah. yes, sure. So anyhow, well, what are your new thoughts? I have now a Captain Jason sexual, so... <laughs> He is. Oh, yeah. you've fallen. You you have also fallen under his sway. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. What's he's the most handsome man on the planet. Did you notice that he has? He looks like he has like two rows of teeth in his mouth. Though? It's fine. When, it's but fine. have you noticed it? Am I crazy? I'm not sure, crazy, but right? it's fine. <laughs> you want to marry Captain Jason? He wants his whole crew to just be a family. I know he's so nice, and he's like the got the best. HR of anybody on any of these boats. I know. So it's really satisfying how he handles it, right? Although yeah. Captain Glenn also, wait, have you caught up on Below Deck Sailing yet? yet? I haven't seen it at all. Okay, Erin, really. no. Don't talk to me about HR until you see how Captain Glenn handles stuff, because Captain Glenn all is right, like the right. best. I love Captain Glenn. But I, will I be a Captain Glenn sexual? No. Captain Glenn is like four <laughs> feet tall. Captain Glenn is like four feet tall. <laughs> Yeah, Captain Jason is something else. What, this is what I liked about the whole season, right? Everybody's beautiful. Yeah, everybody yeah. except for the chef. <clears throat> no uggos allowed. No, Chef Ryan's not beautiful. Chef Ryan's really creepy. He's a dick, but he's not bad looking. No, he's bad. I don't think I don't find him attractive. I don't think he's he's not as beautiful as anyone else yeah. for sure. But he's not an uggo. He looks like one of the bad guys from Twenty Four. He's an awful human being, but whatever. Yeah. But like everybody's gorgeous besides Ryan. Everybody's like a fairly decent human being. <laughs> I've got to and even like the shitty behavior is not that shitty it's like hey please don't call me a bitch <laughs> okay can we talk about that though wait have you watched that yet wait hang on I have to ask yeah I've seen the whole season when the deckhand calls what's his face <laughs> Jamie <laughs> I'm sorry now calling people bitches is not a nice thing to do it's not a nice thing to but do. But it's Australia where they call each other, see you next Tuesdays. Like it's I know, all nothing. the time. And they also, all, yeah. have you noticed that everybody calls each other brew on all of these below deck episodes, like all these below deck yeah. brew, uh-huh. brew, brew? Uh-huh. Are you uh-huh. watching, by the way, the new below deck med? Because I need to talk to you about this too. I'm not, I'm not. <gasps> I have so much to catch up on. I'm sorry. There, it, okay. I, it, you know, I just started Down Under and I watched the whole thing over the course of a week. Well, I'm impressed with you for your commitment. But also when the deckhand called the bosun a bitch and then he got so angry that he like he got went, so butthurt. He went the captain went and got the captain to reprimand her for it. And then yeah. they're like, but isn't all of this kind of just exactly like what being a bitch is? Like we were just yeah. teasing him but now he's really I thought that was really funny. He's kind of a bitch. I, Jamie. Listeners, what do you think? How do you feel about below deck cast? Please, yeah. can we talk about Culver and Bratini? <laughs> Let's talk about Culver. Culver is from, like, this area, by the way. He's from Maryland. Yeah, yeah. he's from, like, I think he's from, like, the Eastern Shore, that area. And his- but here's what they keep saying is they keep calling his family's, his family, like, the, the, the whatever last name compound. Like, are they, like, weird religious or, like? No, I think she, like, is a celebrity chef, but I have not been able to nail down exactly who she is. Oh, interesting. But then what's his alter ego who wears the mullet wig? Uh, Mike Stone? Keith Stone. Keith Stone. Keith Stone. <laughs> I just oh want to go sailing with Keith Stone all the time. 
Oh my God. Hilarious. Wait, but I didn't watch. And Bertini's from Michigan. So like, to me, this is my ultimate pairing. <gasps> oh, are you, oh, Sierra Culver. Did they end up together at the end? No. They did They went on that trip together. But then they didn't end up together. But it was like platonic. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I did have to like read all the gossip blogs about it. She even went and like visited his family, but they're all like, nope, we've never even kissed. Oh, Culver, you got to get moving on that, man. Yeah, Bertini's a catch. We're going to have to start a side pod to talk about Below Deck. <laughs> below Deck? Yeah, it's a side pod. The Below Deck bitches. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to have to do that. Culture break. <laughs> <laughs> Spotty, Dottie. Surely it was Dottie. No, it's Dottie. Oh, it's you. So they're both <laughs> on display for this exhibition. And Dottie, by the way, feels like shit about herself. She thinks she has been sold off. She yep. views herself as being like worthless. Slave traded. Yes. She's, you know, she's like a doll whore. She feels like a doll whore. She does. She feels yes. like she's just been sold off, like chattel mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the exhibition opens. Whereas March Payne feels like this whole thing is to showcase her beauty. It is. So the exhibition, <laughs> the exhibition opens and it is opened by the queen. Who, I the guess fucking queen. Would be, and I, they didn't say the queen mother. So immediately I thought it was Queen Mary of Tech, who was like the very tall lady who like, you know, the grandmother of the mm-hmm. recently deceased Elizabeth II. But no, it is actually Queen Elizabeth, the queen consort to King George. Right. The woman who eventually was the queen mother. Did you know yes. Ryan and I were in england when the queen mother died in 2000 no. it was fascinating interesting we were there like just on a quick four-day trip it was my first time in london and the queen mother died on like the second day and like the oh whole God. country went like whoa <laughs> like yeah every, like so simon's mom was there and then the queen died and then she flew to greece <laughs> And I, so I was giving her shit, like, oh, I see how you had to leave the country quickly. I know, we like, were what'd to, you do? Yeah, like, we got back there, like, so you went over there to kill the queen, huh? And I was like, yeah, we yep. did. So she goes back, I think, tomorrow. Oh, oh, she so was there now. She, she killed Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. I thought talking about the queen mom. We killed the queen no, mom. No, Queen Elizabeth. Okay, so she killed Queen so Elizabeth. she was just there, and then she's been in Greece for a week, and then she'll go back tomorrow to London, so. Is she going to go wait? Is she going to go queue? I don't know. I mean, it seems like waiting online the fourteen for five miles. But yeah, fourteen. But did you see that David Beckham like waited? He no. waited in line. He didn't take the celebrity route. He waited for fourteen <laughs> hours, and he had like the Tam Shanter on his head, and he just waited like a regular old guy fourteen hours to pay respects to the Queen. I thought that was so cool. Did you ever see that Thirty Rock episode where Pete Wee Herman plays like? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> He's like, it was the happiest day of my life, and then he dies. <laughs> yes. He's like, how old are you? Twenty one. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, oh. Paul Rubens is a genius. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of my favorite humans on the planet. He's from upstate New York. Is he? Yes. Can we, we need to have, you know what, if we were going to do anything to like raise money, like if we were going to like do something to like, we should, we would honestly, if we had enough of a following and we wanted to like raise money for like Planned Parenthood or something, we should do a live watch of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's my all time favorite movie of all Aaron, time. Aaron, how have we never discussed this before? Aaron, oh my God. How have we never discussed this before? 
Everyone I know has a big butt. Tell me about your big butt. <laughs> My kids like know like 90% of the movie by heart because I've made them watch it so many times. Hello, Perry. Good morning, Mr. Breakfast. <laughs> Can I have some Mr. T cereal? Okay. I pity the fool. <laughs> Where? I'm here to see Francis. He's having his bath. <laughs> oh, really? Where are they hosing him down? Uh, my favorite is when he's with the convicts in the car and he's dressed up like a lady. How have we never talked about this? No, seriously. Well, I mean, I love that movie. Can everyone say hola, Pedro? There's no basement at the Alamo. <laughs> oh, my God. It's such a good movie. Everything it's, about it. It's perfection, honestly. Oh my god, the end with James Brolin and Morgan Fairchild. Yes. <laughs> Paging Mr. Harmon. Mr. Harmon, you have a call at the front desk. We're going to have to stop the pod. Nobody's going <laughs> to. We've lost everybody. Just a P- Sorry, Pee Wee's Big Adventure podcast now. <laughs> with a side of the doll. Every house. episode, we just talk about Pee Wee's Big Adventure, <laughs> but we never talk about it. We just say lines. <laughs> And laugh and laugh. I'm sorry. I just love it so much. <laughs> the Tour de France. <laughs> Paul Rubens is a genius. Oh, it's such a good movie. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm like crying. <laughs> I am too. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, the Queen comes. <laughs> Okay, all right. All right, the queen comes. (laughs) I'm just imagining her showing up in like that mint green crochet. Paul Rubens and Dirty Rock. And she's like, she can barely. Okay. She walks by, and of course, March Payne thinks that. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, all right. Okay. March Payne thinks that the queen is there to see her, but the queen is actually quite taken with Toddy. She sees this tiny little farthing wooden doll and says, I used to have a doll just like this when I was a girl, you know, hanging out, waiting for the Bridgertons to get married again. But um, that's right. So she actually offers to buy it. The queen, the queen queen. offers to buy Toddy. And that's how Toddy finds out that she has actually not been sold and that she is not for sale, that she is going back to the Dane residence that she has just been lent out. Uh, so Toddy is like so happy. Meanwhile, March Payne is hella pissed. March yeah. Payne's like, I am so jealous. beyond jealous. Um, there's also a very sad, and I'm going to say typical <laughs> story throughout this whole thing. There are all these different types of dolls and, Rumor Garden does a really good job of describing all the different types of dolls, but then she also has to talk about the like the 
the janitor's daughter, like the janitor of the exhibition hall who lives on the premises, has a daughter, a post-World War II, probably barely survived, was not sent out into the country, mm-hmm. but got through the Blitz herself, and her father's very poor. And so she sneaks into the hall at night specifically to admire a wax doll. And the wax doll loves this little girl and this little girl loves the wax doll. And of course, when the exhibition is over, that's it. And they are they yep. part ways. Packed away. That's it. And it's all. And most of these dolls just get packed up and put away. And there's like this whole thing about what kind of doll are you? Yeah. Are you the kind of doll that gets played with or are you just like sit for show? And Toddy is like, play, play. And a lot of March Payne is like, show, show. And a lot of the dolls that are there just for show would actually prefer to be would played Would love with. to be played dolls. And it's very yeah. sad. Yeah. Um, and Toddy then does the same thing and gets all these dolls wistful too, t- talking about that dollhouse. And the dolls at the exhibition is are very like, man, you're so lucky, Toddy. And Marsh Payne's like, that's my house. That's not, <laughs> bitch, that's my house. I, that's yeah. going to be my are house. Are you talking about my house? Toddy's like, I don't think so. Meanwhile, all of the doll's wishes have come true for this dollhouse. Oh my God. And it's creepy. I have made, I am legit creeped out by all the things that the dolls were able to get just by wishing. <laughs> and of course, Aaron. Or, or is Toddy an unreliable narrator and ever just like trying to be happy and whatever they get, she's like, oh, it's exactly what we had always wished for. No, but she's not because remember that she actively, <laughs> no, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but then you can't explain how how things take a very dark turn toward the end of this book, first of all. That's true. And second of all, like, (laughs) they tell specific parts where Toddy, like, makes a wish, and then all of a sudden it comes true. So, like, here's a list of all the things that they get from wishing really hard. You ready? They get a clean dollhouse. Okay. But, like, pretty detailed and more thorough than what these children would normally do. Like, with the sandpapering off of the rust in the kitchen, using their nail brushes to scrub they strip, refinish, and reupholster furniture with petite point tapestry, like petty point <clears throat> tapestry, which I'm developing a migraine even thinking about this. It would have to be Trying so to do those fine. tiny little, like, yeah. I mean, it's like less than a pixel. Or this is like the sampler that's hanging on the wall that some kid did 100 years ago. Yeah, these kids clearly were never it's taught just to read. tiny little, yeah. They, like they were not meant to use their vision for anything. <laughs> they just had to make these samplers and then turn out babies. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, but it's tiny, tiny, tiny tapestry for upholstery. And they employ an upholsterer and a fresh French polisher, thanks to Mrs. Innisfree. They get feather beds. They get carpets. Mr. Plantagenet, Mr. Plantagenet, see, I can't say it. Plantagenet. Wishes for and gets a post office to work it. Erin, <laughs> there's a direct there's causation in this it's not it's it's right. yeah mind control dolls and then when toddy comes home she is taken on a walk to mrs innisfree's with emily and charlotte and while they're walking she basically makes everybody's wishes come true she wishes for a parasol for birdie birdie gets the parasol 
a marble for Apple, and a tiddlywinks plate for Darner. Like, this is all deep in the uncanny valley now. <laughs> oh, yes, and real lace curtains. They all get real lace curtains. They do get that real lace curtain shit. And I just want to know if Mrs. Innisfree worked on post-war this old London house. That's like, it's like this old house, but Mrs. Innisfree's version. <laughs> this old dollhouse. Yeah, this old dollhouse. Um, and then, but then things take a horrible turn. <laughs> horrible, horrible turn. Yeah, it gets, it gets ugly. It gets so ugly because March Payne arrives. Yeah. Aaron. It's bad. March Payne, and I mean, it's, March Payne arrives and basically takes possession with her wishing yeah. of the older daughter. Yeah, it's the older daughter is completely brainwashed. It's really creepy and also like never really fully explained. She's like, look at this beautiful, perfect doll. I will do whatever she wants. And all of a sudden she's like, March Payne must have the bedroom that Bertie and Mr. Plantagenet were living in. Yep, kick him kick out. Kick him out. And now Mr. Plantagenet doesn't work in the post office anymore. Now he is the butler. Yeah. And now, like, Toddy is the maid. Everybody now mm-hmm. works for March Payne. For March Payne. Very Which is just how March Payne wants And it. Charlotte's like, this is not what I want at all. I don't know. What's like, are you possessed? What the hell is wrong with you? She's like, our family. What happened to our family? What are you doing to all of these poor dolls? And the dolls yeah. are like. And Emily's like, fuck it. Yeah. March Payne owns them now. Dolls. <laughs> Emily turns really mean. Yeah. And then Emily also allows Apple to hang out with March Payne. All the time. And all of the other dolls are relegated to other parts of the house. But yep. Apple is allowed to hang out with March Payne in the parlor where that... Where March Payne fucks with yeah, him. Yeah, and March Payne, like, bullies him. And the other dolls can't do anything about it. This goes on. I mean, it's troubling. And then there's also, of course, that candle. Yeah, that lamp with a real candle yeah. in it. And so March Payne basically gets, like, in sets... Emily into leaving the candle burning with Apple right by the candle. Right by it with his flammable hair. Aaron, there's no other way to say this. It doesn't even happen like the, it just it just like very suddenly happens in the book. They close the dollhouse right by his flammable hair. Bertie, once the dollhouse is closed, like flings herself over to save Apple's life and is immolated. And burns to pieces. Like that. Yep. That celluloid just gone. It's fucked what up. What the holy hell? <laughs> yeah. It was, Aaron, this was a and very... And there's like a drawing of it, right? Yeah, like <laughs> This was a very calm book. It was a very calm boxcar children book. And then all of a sudden, uh-huh. March Payne shows up, like, possesses... And it turns into a, like a horrifying it, ghost story. It turns story. into a horror movie. And then, yeah, there's a picture of her exploding. Yeah. Yeah, she explodes. She explodes. You can see her face. It's so bad as like the explosion but is she's around like her. Smiling. <laughs> she went out in a burst of light. It's so <laughs> fucked up. It's super fucked up. And then, and then, like, how many more pages until the end of the book? Like six. Not pages. many. Six pages. There is no grieving. There is no grieving. No. But like. Everyone's like, well, if she had to go, that's the way she'd want to go. They're like, oh, well, she died. Emily like (laughs) snaps out of her reverie. It suddenly agreed that March Payne should be moved to a museum where she belongs. Yeah. They put her under a bell jar. Yeah. And she's happy there. Hold her evil. Yeah. (laughs) 
because she's happy there. And that's like yeah. the end of the fucking book. Aaron, it yeah. takes such a it takes such a horrible turn. And the family's like, yay, <laughs> there's no mom. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> That's literally the end of the book. It is the end of the book. I was like reading this again in my COVID sickness and like, am I missing? Did this? Yeah, there's got to be like another chapter no, in here. No, blows like, up Birdie and that's the end of the book. They somehow like mourn her, recognize their mother. And nope, they're just like, cool, glad March Payne's gone. Was there someone else here? Maybe. True law, the end. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Stiff upper lip. So mom blew up. <laughs> Stiff upper lip. So of course I <laughs> because I wanted like want to do this. Wait, where is it? Ah oh, I pulled up. I, I did some Googling of some uh-huh, reviews. Uh-huh. Oh goodness. I love it. Let's hear it. Okay, so this is from Amazon. This is a one star review. I read this book when I was in grade school. This is called Really Twisted on Amazon by somebody named Sarah C. Truax. I read this book when I was in grade school, and I have to say, it is pretty warped. (laughs) This isn't just about children playing with toys that come to life when they are not around. Despite the impression you might have gotten from other reviews, this is not like Toy Story. (laughs) No. The dolls have their own personalities, yes, but they are not all nice. March Payne is not just spoiled and delicate. She is evil. She is a sociopath who goads the little boy doll into literally playing with fire. The boy's mother, (laughs) Bertie, sacrifices her own life to save her son. The book plays it up as some great moral maternal thing but for all intents and purposes martin murders her the death is yeah. gruesome aaron i'm sorry listeners we've been like talking about peewee and all this stuff but meanwhile <laughs> there was a there was a murder coming in the last five pages yeah. of this book that we before did not you knew it somebody exploded warn you about at all are yeah, the children warning for mom explosions are the children safe in this book no, they're burning down their own house. Practically. I mean, my God, it's post-war London. <laughs> Everybody needs to be careful, you know. And they're huffing gas off of old dolls. Because <laughs> March Payne smells like brimstone and petrol. I mean, she's come from the bowels of hell. <laughs> would you recommend this book to other people, to children? <laughs> I would. Yeah. <laughs> Because of all the cleaning that goes before it. Yeah, yeah. The chores. Everybody likes chores, right? They do such a good job with the house, but then it becomes a murder scene. Can I just do a really quick culture break again? Yeah. (laughs) About chores. I found this show called Alone. Are you aware of it? They drop off like 10 people in the wilderness. Alone each. They each have their own little parcel of land. And they have, there's like a list of like 10 items or like 40 items and they can bring 10 of them. It's not like naked and afraid then. Like, are they closed? No. So they have some, yes, they're closed. So, and you could bring like a bow and arrow. That might be one of the things you bring or, you know, a bunch of fishing line, you know, there's a whole list of things. And then it's just like, who can stay out there the longest, but it's all chores. Oh, do you love it? It's like. Yeah, I love it. I'm obsessed. They're like building shelters, and one guy like built a boat so he could fish the deeper water. And like, are they like? I guess are are they like in like temperate? They're climate? experienced out. No, they were in British Columbia, and they got dropped off in like September. Oh, so it was getting cold. How long? What's the latest somebody <laughs> was able to stay out there? So the season Did that somebody I watched, never come back. They just <laughs> right. The season I watched 
The guy was there over three months. Wow. Yeah. What was this on? Discovery? Mm, Peacock. So I don't know. History Channel, maybe. Oh, okay. So you highly recommend yeah. this if you're into highly recommend if you're into watching you like chores. other people do chores. Yeah, if you enjoy culturally watching other people do chores, like I do, especially in cold climates. Alone is the show yeah. for you. Alone is the show for Thank you. Thank you for the recommendation. There's just there's a lot of gathering and hunting and shelter building and yeah, it's great. And there's grizzlies. Oh, the season Jesus. is called Grizzly Mountain. Oh my god. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it. I am still like coming down from the high of realizing that you and I both love Pee Wee Herman so much. <laughs> I watched the show. I have all the DVDs from the show. Oh my God. We used to love the show with Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Cowboy Curtis. Phil Hartman. Oh, so good. Genius. So I think it's my turn to choose what we're going to read next. But anyhow, we're going to do Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl, one of the best children's books ever written. So get ready. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory next time. I've decided that we have to stop saying drop everything and read um, for our conclusion. But now I feel like we have to I have to come up with something like instead, I think we should conclude it with like a warning. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do something from each like from uh, different books. Don't. So, like, for example... Don't hypnotize a child. Like, for... Kill a mother. Don't, like, so, like, for nothing fair in fifth grade, like, don't hitchhike on the back of a truck to the mall. You know, like... Oh, Jesus. You know. <laughs> I like it. So, I'm going to say for this time, it's going to be, don't fall under the, hip, the hypnosis, the hypnotic spell of a psychotic doll. Yes, All right. I love it. Y'all, it's always great to visit with you and talk about these fantastic books. Whether or not Pee Wee Herman is involved, whether or not the queen is dead, long live the king. And his sausage fingers. And his creepy sausage fingers. We will be back soon with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, In the interim, I'm Maura McConaughey. And I'm Erin Stone. Don't fall under the hypnotic spell of an evil doll. Yeah. Instead, go read. What? (laughs) I said instead, go read. Instead, go read, yes. Yay! (laughs) Yay! Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. (laughs)